Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International, as opposed to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, The Ghost Chronicles, and Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition. I am Ghost Ronnie Chronicles Fitz. Deep Space Nine. There you go. That's coming up next. I am your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England Zone Van Helsing. And with me, all the way across the pond, in the land of the Red Dragon, is Mr. Parascience himself, Stephen Parsons. Good afternoon, Ron. How are you? Outstanding. All, all, uh, all wound down now after Halloween? No, I'm still up to my neck in it, so there you go. I thought you... I thought you were back at the gymnasium pumping iron. Now it was all over. I am, I am, but that's besides the point. I have just got a ton of stuff. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Yep, yep, got a ton of stuff. You know, uh, Saturday we're going to a lighthouse doing an investigation, getting dropped off by a boat. Yeah, rub it in, why don't you? I had a, I had a, I actually go out and buy rubber waders so I could get off. <laughs> what are you going to do with the flight cases? How are they going to be waterproofed? They are waterproof. What about the waterproof Ouija board? <laughs> yeah, right. And holy water? Uh, of course. Anyways, uh, Stephen, you are all done with Halloween over there, and we are both back on the same time, standard time zone now, so that's excellent. Everything is in sync, and we are copacetic. But I've had a, a really ex- kind of interesting experience, in, and I've been waiting to speak to you about it because, uh, you know, this is kind of an interesting thing. It, when I first started watch, watching Most Haunted, I, yeah, they used to they used to have these this phenomenon called stone throwing, and uh, and I had never heard of it prior to watching Most Haunted. Uh, it wasn't a thing that we, we were uh, really exposed to around here. But um, so the first time, in fact, I, I really haven't experienced it that much in all my investigating, and which is you, you know you know you're talking hundreds of cases, and. This past weekend, I was at uh, Bentford Hall in Lenox, Mass. Uh, it was the home of uh, J.P. Morgan's daughter, summer home. And we were in one of the rooms, and it, it, it was a mail room, I guess, and uh, not mail being mail a ship, but it was owned by a male spirit at one time. <laughs> Excuse me. And then uh, a couple of the girls that were with us got their legs touched. And so we, we started speaking to the spirit and, uh, you know, asking them, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could just uh, have a nice, just the men have a, a, a nice card game and smoke a couple of cigars and drink a couple, uh, you know, cognacs and kind of have a, a men's night. And then uh, 
we asked for a sign if, if you would be interested. And then something fell and actually hit one of the girls. Um, so we put the light down and it, and it was a three quarter by three quarter inch piece of tiles, not ceiling tile, but outsore roofing tile. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, while the whole time with the, that happened three times that, uh, and we, we thought we caught it on film too, because we had a camera set up when the last one fell, but, uh, we couldn't see it. And I was watching, you know, watching the whole room through my IR camera, looking to see if anyone was tossed that I could see and, and I couldn't. So that was my, really my first experience, uh, with any type of, uh, throwing of objects. Uh, like stone, some small objects that were not really meant. So, I mean, is is that common in the U.S. and U.K.? <laughs> the first thing that pops into my mind is that you hadn't uh, a little bit surprised that you haven't heard of it before because it's actually fairly commonly reported, uh, or was fairly commonly reported in some of the older. Uh, cases I, we refer back mainly to the 19th century and earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was also a component of the Bell Witch, uh, right, if, I, right. if memory serves me right. Absolutely, um, and also another, another case around here as well. But it wasn't like you know you on a normal investigation. Yeah, maybe on on something that was in the past you heard about. Yeah. It. You know, it wasn't being reported a lot. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. My first encounter with uh, there was one earlier one, but. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, my first encounter with stone throwing actually was on Most Haunted, uh, where it was a, quite a common occurrence. Um, now, the ne- that brings me neatly on to the next, um, the next part of the, of the response. Mm-hmm. And it has to be that the most obvious likely cause, which I know that you took some steps to uh, rule out and eliminate, is hoaxing or, or you know, somebody in the room throwing throwing an object and to be honest with you it is actually quite easy to achieve um surreptitiously i i know but so, it's not like so, it, it was a common object we're talking roofing no. just kind of yeah but that, that, that therein lies the problem if we're if we're dealing with an intelligent spirit and you've given them a you know a reasonable question we're going to have a boys' a, a, a men's night. Wouldn't it be great? Sit down, have cognac, play cards. Why would they select a piece of outside roofing tile? And that's exactly the sort of small object that people could and would easily pick up on their way into the building and pocket. You know, the, it doesn't fit the scenario. What you're looking for, um, I guess, is something that that would fit. Maybe you know, a, a gaming chip. Or um, that, you know no, something that's that relevant to the question that, that would be. Sorry, you were speaking. That makes more sense. Yeah, I, I, I might be oversimplifying it, but to my way of thinking, something that that is readily picked up off the floor uh, around the building and then brought inside. It, I mean, it's actually easier to do that during a break or on your way in. And out. To actually pick something up within the room itself, yeah. but if, if it was relevant to the question, we really, we really tried to see if there was any hoax yeah. in it, and I, you know, I, I can't. No, I, I know, I know, it is incredibly difficult to spot when when you have a, 
a stone thrower. Uh, I've been in the situation, not on Most Haunted, I, I, I must stress, where we have encountered people who were um, enthusiastically... Uh, well, they were trying to uh, to scam the whole thing. But mm-hmm. they, we, we knew that it was happening, but it took quite a while to actually track it down because it's it's a very... You know, it can be flicked from a hand just next to a pocket. It can be a hand behind the back. It's It doesn't have to be an arm movement either to propel a small stone. You know, just a simple flick of a thumb. Oh, uh, it is... It is really simple to do and very, very difficult to capture. I don't know. I mean, these 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 stone throwing incidents have been reported, um, you know, for for hundreds of years, and often in cases uh, where throwing would be extremely difficult, you know, given the the uh, trajectory or the circumstances of of the object being thrown. Um, but my first instinct would always be that it would have a normal explanation. Right. But as I said, we're, we're I mean, that's only a gut instinct. Yeah, I'm, I'm not dismissing it, but, you know, without the... If, every, if everybody had the hands tied behind the back or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. It, it, it's but it is, when it happens, it's incredibly... I mean, on a, on a you know, it's incredibly frustrating that you, these events can't be captured and also what's interesting is if you if you take a look at uh, genuine poltergeist phenomena such as the Enfield case and other reported ones it's almost uh, never reported that the object is seen to commence its flight or its journey or its or, or its uh, trajectory that that only seems that you, that it's either caught midair or after landing on landing, but the start of the flight is almost never caught. Um, in fact, you know it's almost it's one of almost a characteristic that the the commencement of the traje- of the the object's movement is is missed. Oh, we just lost Skype. So, I, I don't think that um, we should dismiss these out of hand simply because the most likely explanation is that somebody is throwing them, but we do have to bear that in mind. Um, but also be completely mindful that these phenomena have been reported under quite good circumstances where investigators have been able to take precautions or have been in a position to to at least witness partial flights. There's also been some interesting uh, cases where the report uh, has the object flying in either an unusual trajectory or a slower than normal trajectory. For example, the object appearing in mid-flight and moving slowly as if being carried, um, or travelling uphill, so to speak, uh, from low, a low level to a high level, and not describing that that characteristic curve that we understand from a uh, I think it's called a ballistic trajectory that we understand so stone throwing um, I think the jury is very much out stone throwing on a public event with lots of people that you don't know uh, where there is a sort of heightened degree of excitement anticipation and a desire on you know within the group themselves it could have been 
uh, somebody along there uh, on the night, uh, perhaps a partner who wanted to, you know, just play along. No, no real malice of all thought. Um, more along the lines of just joining I mean, in the fun. I mean, that's the thing, Steve. I mean, in 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 reality, I also we checked out the room and uh, up by me on the on the floor were um, were tiles for the roofing tiles. Okay, but they were you know approximately a foot by three foot long. So I mean, they were both big, and it was a an object on top of them, a large plant to run top of them. So these were full tiles that were down there. The yeah, objects, yeah. you know, thrones were were just these three quarter by three quarter inch things. But there was none, you know, I was looking for scraps in the floor and stuff. There was nothing there. So, I mean, it, it's difficult to say. I mean, so that material was definitely in the room. So, mm-hmm. I mean, was it was it a, a you know, a choice of convenience uh, from either the spirit or the person? We don't know. That's the problem. It makes it kind of, well, maybe the spirit used it because it was there. Don't know. Is that no, well, that's perfectly possible too, um, I guess, I suppose. But uh, there are, cert- there are there's some degrees of certainty. You can see with a degree of certainty, with absolute certainty, that mm-hmm. three objects were thrown. You can, you've retrieved all three objects and that, uh, you know, that, that event definitely took place. The, the problem that you've got is defining the source. Uh, yeah. But you do have so from from you know in terms of an investigation, it's it's a documentable uh, incident, mm-hmm. but you've only got the first half. And uh, what's interesting is I've actually been on investigations where objects have been thrown, um, a controlled throw. This was a test uh, done to train a team. It was actually done on a parascience training event, and we were deliberately throwing uh, objects. And then retrieving them. And what was interesting is that, um, although, I mean, the team weren't aware of what was happening because obviously we were training them. Uh, but we went through a controlled retrieval where the object was uh, observed after it had been located on the camera. Mm-hmm. And then the camera was, was uh, trained on it during the retrieval. Now, what was very interesting is that several members of the, of the then team described uh, uh, or gave, gave the incident more credibility because they believed that the whole event had then been captured on camera simply because of this this uh, retrieval process. So they were adding more information to the, to the event um, and assigning it a greater significance than was actually the case. And that was quite an interesting revelation. They believed that because we'd got the retrieval on camera, it must have been a genuine incident, whereas you know we knew that we were we were staging the incident as part of a training exercise. Right. I mean, that's the interesting thing about it is, is that you know it is so hard to prove, uh, and in reality, disprove too, because unless you see the person throw it, then you can't really disprove it. You can only surmise that maybe someone threw it, uh, but unless you actually catch it. Uh, then it's it's extremely hard to either prove or disprove. We can always well, I, say that they were thrown. Um, I I like to work on the principle of most likely. And uh, <laughs> you wimp. Anyways, we have a well, no, no. It is most likely, and the most likely explanation is yeah. that it was thrown by a person or persons unknown 
um, probably living. That's the most likely explanation. I, I think it's thrown thing. it now, if you ask me, but that's another story. But we have a call right now, so let's let's take a call. Call, are you there? Well, hello there. Hey. Can you hear me? It's the hey, boy. Hello. Hi, Anne. Hello. Yes. Oh, we can hey, hear you. La- you the lady who okay, is brave good. beyond belief. <laughs> That's it. That's me. <laughs> You're not tripping in any cemeteries tonight. Not today. Not today. I can't, talking, I can't hear him at all. <laughs> uh, no, actually, he's not for a change. It's a, it's all quiet on the Drake at front. Uh-oh. I hope we didn't lose him. You could never lose well, me, Ann, no matter how you try. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, anyways. Well, you wanted me to call in. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, Ann, uh, Ann is calling us today because we actually have something we want to announce. And so, Ann, would you like to announce it first, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to let everyone know. Uh, all our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation fans, that we're going to be having a live video broadcast tomorrow evening, uh, Wednesday, at 7 p.m. And uh, we did this a month ago and yeah. had our very special guests, Steve Parsons and Cal Cooper. Uh, and we are going to be doing it again. And we just wanted to let everybody know to uh, tune in tomorrow night, uh, you can go to the TogiNet website and pick up a live stream there, or you can go to www.ebctv.org, and there's also a live stream there. How about that? It's, it's oh, going to so be excellent because uh, this will be broadcast on regular TV. Uh, very small uh, TV, but TV nonetheless, and it will be streamed streamed uh, as well. So uh, if you want to join us, you can see the Blonde Bombshell itself and uh, yours truly, the most humble and Helsink, and uh, there will be the, us. Um, so at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Yes. And I've got, to, I've got to say for any future... Well, I've got to say, for any future guests, the green room um, does excellent pretzels. Oh, well. Hey, we aim to please. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is too good for our special guests. <laughs> and speaking about special Donna, guests, who is, our to... gu- who is our guest tomorrow? Okay. Our guest tomorrow night will be our good friend, Michael Markowitz, the EVP specialist. Uh, he's on my team for years and uh, has also done a lot of recording with various groups all over New England. So uh, we're going to be hearing some cool EVPs with him and uh, and that will be our special guest. So there you go. All right, Ann, we want to thank you so yeah. much. Anything else you'd like to add? That's 7 o'clock tomorrow night? Yes, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And if you are local to East Bridgewater, you can catch it on our local Channel 9. There you go. And you also can still yeah. be able to reach us through the chat room, and we'll field questions through the air, on the air as well. Oh, yes. Please send us questions, because uh, we're definitely going to have somebody monitoring that 
and we love questions, right? If you say so. Definitely. We love questions. <laughs> All right, Ed. Thanks, thanks a lot for dropping by and reminding us. And uh, I, I will see you, and I really mean see you, tomorrow for uh, our television uh, broadcast of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. All right. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. Have a good show tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you go. Tomorrow, tune in, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. See the Blonde Bomb Show and myself and Mike Marcroft as a special guest. We'll be uh, having some live EVPs as well. And, and uh, of course, we'll have the great segment of uh, In a Minute, which is uh, always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, is is the um, is the last month's show online still? Because that uh, just a minute, have a minute segment was really quite good fun. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. It's going to be a regular part of the show. So is until I get bored with the course. So uh, there you go. So you're going to anyway. wear a different hat. <laughs> yeah, I may, I may. Who knows what I will do? You never know. You should have, you, you should have some special television hats done, you know, uh, with, uh, I don't know, sequins or uh, X-Factor logos or something on them. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So anyways, I want to go back to this uh, stone yeah, throwing. Stone we, we actually had a, a, a question from Ghost Girl in the chat room. She says, has either of you seen anything else being thrown? And... So I'll throw that, I'll give that to you. <laughs> throw that to you. <laughs> okay, uh, and I will respond by saying that the most bizarre thing that I've ever witnessed uh, being thrown um, in terms of a paranormal context would be a pair of rolled-up children's socks, which were thrown down a flight of stairs whilst all of the inhabitants were downstairs in a room. Uh, away from the stairs with the door closed. There was nobody upstairs yet from around about the two-thirds of the way up the staircase point. Uh, two of us, myself and Anne, who you know is my uh, colleague in parascience and has been on the show, somebody else calling in there, um, we both witnessed this black ball bounding down the stairs and on examination it turned out to be a rolled up pair of socks. So that's my answer. Well, that's pretty... That's uh, kind of amazing. It was actually a pair of socks. Yeah. That's... I mean, I, I, yes, I've seen other objects being thrown. Um, I've witnessed smaller objects. A uh, thimble, um, a small ashtray, a cup. Um, other odds and ends of domestic clutter. Uh, but the most bizarre had to be a pair of socks. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I really, like I said, I really have not experienced it that much. Uh, I, I do know of one case where a penny was, was thrown, and, of course, that leaves it wide open to fakery because, you know, pennies are pretty common in people's pockets and stuff, so that would be uh, easy uh, to... Fake, I guess. Not fake, but, but to dupe. Well, I, I think the experts in um, were those who were who were involved, you know, closely on most haunted. Because I don't recall any television show uh, before 
or since where there has been that degree of object uh, throwing, stone throwing. There was uh, knife throwing, there was coin throwing. There what? Was... Knife throwing? Yeah, well, uh, uh, apparently so. I mean, there was also a spoon, famously, on one of the lives. Um, but a knife was thrown or, mo- uh, or claimed to have been thrown. Um, but the most common by far was stones and similar small objects. It was to be thrown. Either it was thrown or it wasn't thrown. Well, it wasn't caught on camera, and it was uh, the, the actual arrival of the knife was, if I remember rightly, was underneath the table. So it wasn't clear whether it was thrown or kicked or dropped. Um, at the time, it was claimed that it had been thrown, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't, there's no evidence to suggest that it wasn't just simply dropped. Um, but any amount of, I mean I remember I think it was the North East Aircraft Museum um, they, some of the objects included uh, obviously the, the aluminium rivets from aircraft um, because it was an aircraft museum but bizarrely some of the items were also the uh, cable connectors from the uh, crew kit the, these, uh, the connectors that we used to join lengths of camera cable together were actually oh. thrown now they couldn't have come from anywhere but the team kit. Um, now, how did they get from the team kit into where where the incident took place? Was That's, this on Most Haunted or Parascience Investigation? No, that was, that was on Most Haunted. Okay. Um, you know, so it does range, you know, through a whole uh, sort of arsenal of whatever's to hand, um, both on television and in real life. Well, I, I do have to admit, uh, and I left out probably the most dramatic one, which was witnessed by 35 people, of course, was the book that flew off the shelf uh, at the Old Nance when I was uh, giving uh, my welcome talk. Uh, uh, the bookshelf was behind me, and it flew off right by me into the crowd. So, I mean, that was witnessed by 35, and they actually saw it go. So, I mean, that's that's... Uh, no, it, it definitely does. It definitely has been reported for a, you know for a long, long time, for hundreds of years. Um, and you do get these weird lateral displacements where an object is. In fact, um, there are, you know some of them have been caught on camera where the object will actually traverse sideways before you know making a fall, or indeed after it's come off the shelf will continue, uh, as I said before in an unusual non-ballistic fashion by ballistic i mean if you throw an object it will describe a curve a parabolic curve called a ballistic curve Um, and some some of the objects that are recorded and are reported don't follow that classic trajectory okay so anyways uh we're coming up to break right now and when i come back i want to talk to you a little bit about uh poltergeist activity because i mean talking about thrown objects and of course uh i like poltergeists one one of the uh you know the traits of a poltergeist is objects being thrown and moved and so forth so anyways we're coming up to the break right now even though i can't hear them but i'm sure Uh, now that they're now go for it break time you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Frank Polk right here on CoachNet. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. 
everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future then circles of wisdom is just the place for you circles of wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more located on route 28 in downtown andover massachusetts we carry a large selection of books and music crystals and gemstones jewelry and gifts sage aromatherapy and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere we offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. And welcome back to part two of this 
Bonfire Night edition of Ghost Chronicles International. You're listening to Toggynet Parax, the Ghost Channel. And you might even be listening to a podcast. That's very, very uh, apropos, actually. It so is. Anyways, well, you know, they might be listening, you know, weeks in advance of what we're saying now. Right, because uh, all of them are carried. Uh, you can listen to the podcast, in case you do miss it, on the Toginet page. or also on iTunes. You can subscribe to iTunes and uh, all three shows are on it. In fact, uh, all three shows are in the top ten of uh, ghost shows on iTunes. So there you go. Hey. Anyways, uh, we were talking. About, we were talking about objects being thrown, and probably one of the most uh, frightening, in some cases, is, is the poltergeist activity, where where items are being thrown and tossed, and even people. Uh, as well. So, I mean, what are, the, what are your thoughts on these? Are we talking the same type of phenomena or, or something different? I think we're just talking about a linear extension of, of the same phenomena because what you you have is, uh, I, th- I think, I think we, didn't we speak about this recently? This There isn't any real difference between the haunting and the poltergeist uh, because with it in haunting cases, objects get thrown and moved and in poltergeist cases, people see apparitions. Um, I think you've just got, you know, a, a scale um, haunting at one end, poltergeist at the other, and people just like to label the two. But um, they are f- absolutely fascinating. I think they're amongst the most fascinating and the most highly sought after by investigators. Um, you know, that you have uh, the landmark, obviously, the Enfield case. Which can, was, can I interrupt you for a minute, Steve? Yeah. Uh, the poltergeist, I mean, I, I've seen it being thrown around in, in, in many ways. First of all, some people say poltergeist spirits. And then uh, the classic uh, one, of course, is the poltergeist activity is really caused by a, a young person in the house. Um, where does this definition come from? And, and, and which one is, is right or, or, or is there a right? The, um the actual defi- the actual uh, idea um, that poltergeist manifestations are associated with uh, typically juvenile uh, pu- uh, pubescent generally girls um, it, I'm certain comes from one of the psychologists or parapsychologists and for the life of me I should know this one because I was only uh, reading about it a few weeks ago but i can't remember who was who coined it uh but essentially there's a lot of disagreement and a lot of people suggest that they're wrong um and it's become a a kind of universally accepted myth that uh within poltergeist cases that there has to be a young uh female uh focus uh or you know some some juvenile undergoing angst. Um, now, that actually isn't borne out by the statistics, and it's been demonstrated by uh, researchers such as Tony Cornell um, of the SPR, um, who demonstrated that poltergeist cases can actually manifest themselves um, with the elderly, with the young, with, uh, you know, in every situation. Um, and this sort of strengthens the argument that what you're actually dealing with is simply an, a different type of haunting case. Um, I also think it's kind of misleading for parapsychologists to to stick it into this uh, psi 
box where they, you know, oh, it's not, it's not spirits. It's the abnormal functioning of the human brain. Um, they coined the term RSPK, uh, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, which covers all of these uh, types of phenomena where objects are moved or objects are thrown or objects are displaced. But again, um, what they're really doing is saying, well, you know, we just want to give it a label, but we'll label it with something else that we don't understand. And, um, you know, it, let's be honest, if a living mind can make an object move and to, as in the case of Enfield, rip a 60-pound-plus weight cast iron fireplace out of a wall and transpose objects between, you know, three solid structures, then why can't a, de- a deceased mind, a discarnate mind, because if, if, we, if parapsychologists or psychologists wish us to accept the concept that some teenager having a bad day and a bit of a teenage drop can, can cause all this mayhem mm-hmm. just by using their mind, then isn't it equally possible and equally likely that uh, a discarnate mind, which essentially you know, we don't understand the mind totally, um, can do the same thing? Right. So let me let me just go with uh, the definition of according to what definition I'm looking at. Poltergeist first comes from the German, uh, which is Polten, meaning created disturbance, and Geist, which is ghost. Uh, mm-hmm. The it is a noun. Ghosts are other supernatural beings supposedly responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects being thrown around. It doesn't really appear until the mid-19th century where it really starts moving out. Uh, and and I'm, I'm looking at the usage graph, and, and it shows that it peaking probably uh, looks like around 1970s. And it's actually been uh, decreasing in the past uh, years in the use of it. Um, well, it, it's, it's kind of gone full circle, you know, because if you, if you look at... Uh the types of phenomena that we associate with poltergeists, and I'm using the accepted term rather than, um, you know, we all understand a, the common usage term poltergeist. Right. If, you go, if you look at the sort of phenomena, the stone throwing, the displacement of objects, the knocking, the wrapping, uh, small fires starting, pools of water being found, then these were all commonly reported back in the, you know, Middle, middle Ages uh, through to the 17th, 18th century and were generally the, the uh, lumped under the uh, banner of de- uh, demon attack, demonology and witchcraft. Um, and it, it's kind of strange that modern paran- uh, paranormal investigation has sort of sidelined the poltergeist and gone over back to demonology again. Uh, <laughs> so... The cases haven't really changed. It's simply the label that we've given them has changed. Groups don't investigate poltergeist manifestations very often because it's not something you would encounter um, within your spooky Saturday night out. Um, They generally do manifest themselves generally um, within domestic environments, although there are some quite famous non-domestic ones, the the case in Germany, for instance, in, which I think was in the 1970s, um, which involved a solicitor's office. Um, 
You've also got Pete the Polt, which was, uh, took place in uh, Cardiff, the capital city of Wales, um, in a lawnmower workshop, a lawnmower restora- uh, repair workshop, uh, where you had a, 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 quite an interactive poltergeist, uh, which they nicknamed Pete. And he would throw objects back and uh, pass objects to, to, uh, you know, uh, to request. So there you have, uh, you know, a whole uh, a sort of interactivity. Uh, but they, it isn't something that's generally encountered. And in the, in the desire to push for additional excitement, people have gone towards demons and, and evil spirits, which were always, um, you know, the label given to early poltergeist phenomena. And, and I actually, Linda in the chat room, she says, ah, poltergeist demons. Well, originally, um, if we look at uh, some of the uh, sort of standard works on it, um, yes, absolutely. You know, uh, most of the early cases uh, that have all of the characteristics of a poltergeist, uh, the Bell Witch, um, uh, the Epworth Parsonage case here in the UK, French case here I'm looking at from 1525, um, and others from the 16th century, it's object throwing, wrapping, moving of objects. Uh, some of them were associated with young nuns. Some were associated uh, with the location. Um, but they, are, they were all, at the time, assigned to uh, the responsibility of demons or the co- caused by demons, caused by demonic activity. Okay. I, I mean, so in a way, I guess they would be classified as demonic, but I mean... Well, they didn't have the understanding, did they? I mean, psychology hadn't come along and, and, and said, hey, do you know what? This isn't demonic. This is just a, a scrappy teenager. Um. Well, I mean, that's if you believe that teenagers are really the cause of, of poltergeist activity. Well, I don't think I don't think many people actually question that 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 view now because well, I've I actually been, do because I, I really I mean it's well it's just, good to hear it's, because it's unfortunately like, many don't you know, they, they they just want to put it in a little little box you know it, it fits in a nice little box so they can put it in there but uh, yeah, but most people just blindly accept this idea this notion that they've read on the internet so they put it on their websites and they repeat it on public investigations or, or to their friends and it spreads and everybody now accepts that poltergeists are you know caused by, by angry teenagers in the main the interesting thing though is, is I just read you the definition and according to that definition it's, it's a spirit or a supernatural uh, I don't have it up in front of me, a spirit or a supernatural being or something. I can't remember the exact thing, but it, it's away from that definition it, it, that's, that we're talking about, the one that's being batted about. I mean, But that definition changes. If you, if you look at uh, Harry Price, for example, he always yep. referred to ghosts as poltergeists. He does too, so, right. I, you know, he never made any distinction between the two. So the definition has changed. You've read one definition that defines it as a spirit or, or, or uh, an, ex, an external entity of some form. But there are other definitions. If you look in a, in a parapsychology book, they would define it completely differently. And Price, again, def, uh, 
defines or terms poltergeists as he terms ghosts, uh, just noisy ghosts. In fact, throughout, you know, right from his very first case, the, the famous case where he blew the ghost up with the camera flash, uh, with the flash uh, powder, uh, he described, you know, the word he used was, we blew the poltergeist up. He didn't describe it as a ghost. He always ter- termed, uh, termed it as a poltergeist. Now, this is interesting because, uh, you know, you go to the internet and you, you pick up things. Right, but uh, here I have the uh, new <laughs> on Webster's Encyclopedia Dictionary of the English Language. And, and it's once again defined as a spirit. So, I mean, the, the parapsychologist may put, be renaming it or rethink, but it's still the accepted definition of a poltergeist is a spirit, not a teenager. Well, um, that's one definition of it, but there are, there are lots of definitions of it. And that very much depends that's on... The difference. That's the difference, well, Steve. That is it's accepted, accepted by you. No, it's accepted by, accepted by Daniel Webster's Dictionary, which is the gold standard in dictionaries. That is... <laughs> well, that's because somebody has decided that it is a ghost or spirit. But, it, but your, it's, your de- it's, your de- it's decided because that's the accepted use of it. Uh, yes, the accepted use of it. It's not... It, it's what everybody commonly understands it. Be. And there, again, is the same problem, isn't it? Because it is so open to all of the different definitions, all of the different interpretations, and that comes down to the basic fact that we just don't have the Im- enough knowledge of the subject. Mm-hmm. A parapsychologist and a parapsychology textbook would, te- would define a poltergeist as something completely different. The only definition that I think is actually correct is the definition that defines it as a noisy ghost from its original um, right, that's is what I was getting at exactly. But but then but then that throws it open to what is a ghost, what is a spirit, right? So defining it in terms of, I mean, we could do that. We could take the the accepted definitions for all these things and and well, you know, for, for many right. things, yeah, yeah, for many things. But, that's the problem. You know, the dictionary right. does change. That's the good the thing dictionary. about the dictionary. The dictionary yeah. does change as as we advance. And it always, the dictionary is right. You're absolutely right. But the dictionary contains a problem, doesn't it? Because it's it's saying that um, the definition of a poltergeist is a ghost or a spirit. But we don't know what they are. So it's defining something in a a very poor way. Not necessarily, because you can go into that same dictionary and and get the definition of a ghost, except the standard of a ghost, because that's what you get. We maybe have other doubts about it but as of this this is the accepted well what does it say about ghosts then i will look that up just for you but uh while while i go look it up uh we actually have a question from saucer man and it says supposedly poltergeists are energy made from physical living and demons are beings that never walk the face of the earth so they're saying there's another there's another interpretation another perspective uh, and one that you know is 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 equally valid, um, albeit a lot of people would disagree with some parts of it. Uh, a sceptical uh, a skeptical perspective would, would disagree with, probably with most of it. But that's another perspective, and that's one that's held by 
elements of the spiritualist movement, elements within the church. Um, the, it says poltergeist or energy made from the physical and demons are beings that have never walked the earth. But some people define them as elementals rather than demons. The, the, the Catholic Church, in fact, uh, most churches define demons in a different way. So we have, again, multiple definitions derived mostly from human belief. Okay, are we, are we all set? I have the definition of ghost. Okay. And uh, according to, once again, this is the Webster Dictionary. This is a good dictionary, by the way. I spent some big bucks on this thing. Um, the specter of a person appearing after their death, an apparition. Well, there's a problem with that straight away, because I, I know of cases where no you've got... You've got spectral. Well, so what's what, what do you call uh, the ghost of a of a ship, or the ghost of an aeroplane, or the ghost of a vehicle? Because that definition only has it as a ghost of a person. That's exactly what a ghost is defined as. You may so, get a spectral ship, or you may get a spectral plane, or a spectral this, but that's uh, used as an adjective defining a object rather than a person. A ghost is defined as a person. There are ghost ships, there are ghost, there are ghost aeroplanes. People use that term just as freely to describe ghost objects as they do ghost people. So there's a, pr a problem there with the definition. There always will be problems with these definitions because we don't have the facts that back it up. We don't have the information yet. So the definition is based on the on the perspective and viewpoint of the person who is writing their definition. If a believer wants to define a ghost in terms of a spirit, then they will. Um, a, a, a more sceptical viewpoint so might define a ghost as an... That's what I'm trying to say. Do we need standards? So at least we're talking on the same page. I mean, that's... Well, that's what absolutely. Well, absolutely we need standards, but... Well, how can you have... Well, in the world of physics, we have standards that are based on observation and based upon measurements and based upon experimentation. Now, we don't have enough observation. We don't have, well, we do have enough observation, but we don't have enough experimentation. We don't have enough document uh, measurements in order to be able to make a judgment call on whether individual, you know, is, do the dead survive, um, uh, you know, after after bodily death, does does a ghost actually represent a time slip? Do both phenomena represent two completely different things and yet appear to be similar? Um, we don't have that information, and so until we have that information, we can't set a standard. We can have a standard for measuring temperature, sure, because we understand it over... Uh, you know, we've been able to to define a set standard for temperature. Oh, here you go. This is interesting now because I looked up Flying Dutchman, and you and I know Flying Dutchman as a ghost ship, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, the definition of Flying Dutchman is a phantom ship. So I look up phantom, of course. Uh, <laughs> it says ghost. It's a um, something that appears to be seen but has no real physical existence. <laughs> which could also be said to be a ghost yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so this whole definition thing it's just 
it's a merry-go-round that you'll never it's a helter-skelter it's a merry-go-round we don't have the information in order to build i would love and i i you know one of the things i was i was banging on about at this year's spr conference was we need to work to standards and there are defined standards for measuring just about everything and those are the standards that we need to be working to uh, in in all of the measurements we do mm-hmm. uh, and off time we're not you know people are and parapsychologists are equally uh, culpable of doing this they just um, you know they spend a great deal of time designing the psychology of the experiment and then measure the temperature on a 20 dollar uh, thermometer. You know, it's interesting, Steve, and in, in this this whole conversation really gets to the heart of it, is that we throw all these terms around and it goes to you and it goes to me may mean two different things totally. You know, everybody has a difficulty and I guess they're, they're, they're slanted by their own beliefs and what a ghost is, what a spirit is. Uh, you know, there are some religious groups that don't believe in ghosts. They believe they're all demons because when you die, you can't be a ghost. You either must be a demon because you either go to heaven or hell. Uh, you know, uh, Steve from the uh, Parax chat room, he, his definition of a demon, they're earthbound spirits of the Nephilim. Nephilim? N-E-P-A. Nephilim. Nephilim. So, I mean, I guess that a lot of these definitions we throw around, we might be talking about totally different things, totally. When we're we're talking, when, you know, when we're talking about ghosts, we we may not even be talking on the same page. Well, let me throw, let me throw in another definition. I've got a really bad echo at the moment, so bear with me. Um, A definition of devils or evil spirits. These are really spirit too, of a spiritous nature, it is true they are deprived of their beauty, their original glory, because deprived of their innocence, they are deformed as well as defiled by crime, but they are not deprived of their nature. They are spirits still, though cast down and cast out, and are called wicked spirits. And that was a definition of spirits from 1727. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 you hit the nail on the head. Um, we we don't know, and we can we can all have our own individual definitions that suit our own individual belief structures, that suit our own uh, personalities. And there is a saying that is not very often used these days, but <coughs> in terms, it used to be originally uh, talked about in terms of religious visions. Uh, that you all, everybody sees the the God that they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, mean, I guess, you know, we influence our own beliefs and we influence the definitions that we use and that we, that we give and that we provide and that we believe in. I mean, we go all the way back to that. I mean, we, we even start looking at, oh, that's the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead here, which means we've got to wrap it up. But, you know, what's really interesting is that uh, we see so much evidence on the Internet and on websites and in other places on TV and so forth that a, a spirit can be a blob of light. And I'm not, <laughs> not, I'm not saying orbs. OK, I'm talking good, about a light. We see a, we see a blob of, of mist, a blob of light. And, and that is a spirit. But we have absolutely no proof that 
that light anomaly, whatever it is, is a spirit, a ghost, a demon, or just a light anomaly. We have our own individual beliefs. Uh, if people want to believe that, that ball of light that a, that floats across a room um, on their video camera or appears on their still cameras is a relative and it gives them comfort, then they're not doing anybody any harm. But if they then try and sell that on um, as definitive proof, then I think they need to be open to questions. Right. So, anyways, that's it. Was an interesting uh, an hour, and and that I like. It really exposed some of the the problems as paranormal investigators, as ghost hunters, as people who do what we do, run into, and just even defining what the hell we're looking for or or trying to prove or disprove. It's just mind-boggling when you think about it. Well, I don't have any problems defining what what I set out to define because I'm only interested in measuring the physical world. Mm-hmm. And record and recording human experiences. So that's that's for me is safe ground. I can measure temperature, and I can document somebody's experience. There you go. There you go. But I mean, once again, you can you can you can capture light anomalies, but uh, that we don't know what a light anomaly is. It's a ghost to some person. It's a light anomaly to another. It's a demon to another. We we can't even define it. That's so difficult uh, for us to do what we do because of this. Maybe we shouldn't try. So anyways, there's a tunes, which means we've got to wrap it up. I want to thank you so much, Steve. Once again, great conversation. I always like to see the other thoughts of, from the, the other side of the pond. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on uh, and you can uh, Oh, good night from Ron. <laughs> so Good night. God bless everyone. Good night. God bless. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us good law.